From the art section of the Wall Street Journal, the BBC's answer to PC by Terry Teachout. Erica Christakis, a lecturer at Yale's Child Study Center, who doubles as associate master of the university's Silliman College, called forth the demons last month when she replied to a mass email from Yale's Intercultural Affairs Council urging students not to wear culturally unaware or insensitive costumes on Halloween. If you keep up with the safe spaces and trigger warnings movement, you know that the only acceptable response to such a memo is in the abject affirmative. Instead, Ms. Christakis asked this seemingly reasonable question. Is there no room anymore for a child or young person to be a little bit obnoxious, a little bit inappropriate or provocative, or, yes, offensive? This set off an explosion of student outrage, followed by a groveling apology from Yale's president. Such detonations and apologies are now common at American universities. It used to be taken for granted that a university is a place where students and faculty are encouraged to test their ideas in open debate. No more. Now it's widely assumed that dissent from the politically correct consensus, whatever it may be, causes students to feel unsafe and so must be suppressed. Hence the humiliation of Ms. Christakis. Around the same time that Yale caved into the grievance merchants, the British Broadcasting Corporation announced that it will make 10,000 hours of TV programming from the 70s available for online downloading by residents of the United Kingdom, including a number of once popular comedies that network executives long ago banned from the airwaves as racially insensitive. One of them, believe it or not, is an episode of John Cleese's Faulty Towers, the funniest sitcom ever made, that the BBC will no longer broadcast in unexpurgated form because it puts insensitive racial epithets in the mouth of, yes, a pompous old bigot. I tremble to think what the BBC would do with All in the Family videos. Torch them, probably. Nevertheless, the network has now decided to allow similar shows of its own to be purchased online, accompanied by warning labels proclaiming that each one is an un-PC product of its time, but remains a cherished piece of vintage comedy. Note, by the way, that political correctness is a good thing in the BBC's Orwellian lexicon. Even so, it is still deigning to let individual viewers choose, for now, what they want to watch in the privacy of their own homes. The significance of this approach ought to be more obvious than it is nowadays. It acknowledges that what's offensive to some may well be innocuous to others. To suppress a work because certain viewers find it insensitive is the first step down a Teflon-coated slope that can lead to full-blown censorship. So why not leave to the individual the choice of whether to consume it? Such common-sense compromises are far from extinct in the U.S., if, for instance, you search the web-based archives of New York's WNYC-FM for programs from the past that can be played online, you'll find that they bear a similarly cautionary notice. This episode is from the WNYC archives. It may contain language which is no longer politically or socially appropriate. The first time I saw that mealy-mouthed warning pop up on the screen on my laptop, I winced. I still do. But now I also think, well... I'll give them this much. At least they're letting me decide whether or not to listen. So too is the BBC letting its viewers choose for themselves whether or not to run the risk of downloading farces like It Ain't Half Hot Mum 
that the network's present-day executives no longer deem suitable for public consumption in our enlightened age. Will the BBC stick to its guns? If the great outrage machine takes note and revs up its engines, the pressure to back down could well prove insurmountable. For now, though, the network deserves full credit for reasserting the fundamental principle of free choice. What's more, I find it more than a little bit ironic that the BBC should be doing so at a time when pusillanimous professors and administrators all over America are meekly submitting to the soft tyranny of safe spaces, trigger warnings, and speech codes, which really ought to be called anti-speech codes. Free speech, after all, is the ultimate liberal with a capital L value, without which all others crumble into dust. But now that old-fashioned liberalism is giving way to newfangled progressivism. Free speech and free choice are growing dangerously unpopular on campus and elsewhere. Bravo, then, to the BBC. No, it isn't exactly.